Yes, sir. Coming back at you. Episode number three of Pod Oh My. We're sorry for a little bit of a longer delay than we wanted. Uh, had some schedule issues and then uh, a little family in- incident. I'll get into that in a second. But first, Mr. Dan, how you doing? Doing all right, Ty. How you doing? Yeah, not not too bad. Um, like Could I said, be. a little, little family uh, situation, a little family medical emergency. Luckily, everything is okay. Uh, my father had to have some, you know, medical attention, but luckily he's doing okay. The reason I'm bringing this up, though, um, just to mention the perverse soprano-centric mind that I have, <laughs> that I looked at myself and said, I think I need to scale it back a little bit because Seriously my... Seriously <laughs> start considering salads. Yeah. <laughs> Another session with uh, Dr. Melfi might be necessary because... My father, um, uh, he needed to go uh, to the hospital by ambulance, and uh, I wasn't able to go in the ambulance, so I met him there. And when I met him there, he was giving, um, I believe it was the medic he was speaking to, some of the you know the information about his his past history, his health history, the medications he was taking, and so forth. And he thought he was done, and you know, like a lot of people, he was he was nervous and scared, and you know, so on and so forth. So he he was a little forgetful. And uh, I reminded him of a couple, you know, two things that he had dealt with. And, uh, you know, three things. Yeah, two, two or three things. And, uh, you know, the medic said something like, you see, look, look at that. And I said, yeah, you know, that's why they tell you to bring somebody with you to see your doctor's visits, to ask questions. And uh, to I ask questions. And then <laughs> one stupid question about my diet. And uh, I thought to myself, I was like, wow. Now is not the time for this kid out. Like yeah. you need to, you need to look at yourself. But yeah. uh, luckily, I'm very grateful to be able to laugh about it and joke about it and talk about it now because he's doing much better. So yes, glad we yes. And, and, uh, oh no, I was just yeah, glad to hear and all the all the best to him. Yes, yeah, no, I appreciate that. But like I said, we apologize for a little lengthier delay than we wanted to give you, but we decided it was time early on to dive in to some theories, some conspiracies about the show, some of the stuff that everybody really likes to talk about. Oh, yes. Disclaimer that we're not going to touch on anything related to the finale and possibly what happens to Tony because we believe that deserves its own episode. Yeah. We're going to include three o'clock in that because even though it may not be a direct tie, it's at least in our minds close enough to, and maybe it is a direct tie. I don't want to give you our, you know, one way or the other, but so disclaimer for, for what it's worth, it's not going to have anything to do with that. And, um, but there's still plenty to get to. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, this, uh, episode, um, I was, uh, we were thinking titling it, uh, flying saucers over East Rutherford. Cause, uh, a popular uh, theory uh, for many people out there in the world for many years now is uh, extraterrestrial life. UFOs, flying saucers, flying over East Rutherford, maybe, maybe over your town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big believer. We can do that into another, you know, get into that in another time. But yeah, I, I, I'm but yeah, nah, for food for thought. Food you for you, thought. Uh, you believe in aliens? Do you, you, uh, you believe in? Uh... Yeah, yeah, let us know. Yeah, no, I'm asking. Oh, you. you're I'm asking, asking me. You. Oh, okay. Well, no. I guess I guess yeah. you. I yeah. guess you did. No, you, I, I you just said you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, 
So I, stupid I'm a, ass. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer. <laughs> That's why. I, so I was like, oh, my own here. My own. But, uh, but nevertheless, yeah, I've watched a bunch of stuff about it. You know, some of the, the Bob Lazar stuff and, okay. you know, some of that. The Netflix had a really good documentary. Have you, you seen that? No. Um, no, I've heard of it, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, some other stuff that I find to be pretty interesting. So uh, besides the fact that, you know, I think it's almost narcissistic to think that there's nothing else out there. Um, yeah. I've, uh, I've I think there's enough evidence, and I'm kind of just waiting for the day. <laughs> what, what about just you? Waiting for the day. Yeah, I I do. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people out there. Some people are just like, no, what are you fucking crazy? But uh, yeah, I've always had a sense uh, that yeah, there's something out there. I've always Gotta had a sixth something. sense where I've spoken with aliens. Oh man, <laughs> that's <laughs> something there. Um, but uh. Yeah, I actually out on the golf course last year, I think I saw something like flying way up in the sky. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Oh, yeah. I, I think it might have been something, but a Johnny Sack drive. It could have, yeah. it could have been. He hits bombs. So, uh, <laughs> so we decided, like I said, to get into some of these theories. Some of them, we we may give you our opinion. Some of them just be kind of, you know, more of a th- food for thought, like Dan just said. You know, some of them are easier to answer than others, but. There's plenty to get to, and um, we put some polls and threads out there on Twitter. Got some responses from you guys. We're going to feature that in definitely because, yeah. like always, we really appreciate your support. And if, you know, I don't believe I mentioned to start, but if you haven't been following either uh, both the podcast or the Sopranos World Twitter account, by all means, please do so. And we appreciate everybody who has followed and been listening for these first couple of episodes. Yes. Thank you. So, I believe one of the more popular theories that people like to talk about are uh, the homosexual ch- ties that some a lot of people think Phil has, and um, uh, some people, uh, probably a lesser amount, but still a significant amount, and I'm a big one, Richie has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the Richie one is the one that stuck out to me more overtly, the first one, which is the first time watching, which is kind of funny because I think the Phil stuff is more over it once you like watch it back yeah but there's just a handful of things you know we have his background that we know of you know spending all the time in 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 jail and i don't necessarily know or believe that he is homosexual uh, or necessarily uh, yeah it's not a i mean i think to, well it's mentioned later on with tony and the whole veto situation which we'll, we'll get to more with phil but um, right but there is i mean mentioned that you know all right yeah guys do do it when they're in the can for so long but it's not necessarily like it means yeah you for sure it's like you you did something just because you were in the can but uh i it's exactly exactly and i think his his thing is more of that he needs to reintegrate himself into uh heterosexuality and that he seems to be having a little bit of difficulty doing that and i think there's a couple cues that we have that kind of give into that first you know, we have that scene in the Bing where, uh, you know, uh, who I actually, I, I not even, uh, I actually want to jump even to one before that, uh, before he, um, when he meets him outside of Satrial's actually with, uh, Christopher, right. When, uh, uh, when well, yeah, Christopher walks up, um, he said, uh, Tony asked him, have you been laid yet? And he kind of like very quietly, like he, I actually had to put on the subtitles to get it, the quote for sure. But, uh, he says, God, what's wrong, man? I'm trying, you know? Like, but he says it's so low and, like, not really, like, you know, sure himself, like, you know, like, yeah, I'm trying, man. Like, you right. know, but is he really trying? Is he... Right. 
or or like you said, you know, may, yeah, maybe he's trying right, he's trying to get back like uh, you know. He has to re what you know, he spent a lot of time, maybe he got used to it whether he likes it or not. You know, maybe he didn't realize he liked it, blah blah blah, so on and so forth. Um but we have that scene in the Bing where the Bing girls are uh right. copping his joint as as he says and he the the one Bing girl makes mention of how you know he likes he likes the dark he needs it in the dark and he kind of yeah. yeah yeah you know and whatever he says, yeah, go, something either. something like that yeah something like that yeah. and that's you know is it that he likes it in the dark or is it you know it's easier yeah. for him if he doesn't see who who's kind of working with him yeah um yeah because i yeah because like in reading uh, there's so many people who yeah who believe this theory on richie and uh yeah, some people are like, oh, maybe it's the look of the Bing girls. Maybe he's not used to, like, the, you know, maybe the different look. You know, he's been away so right. long. Uh, different styles, whatever, you know, whatever. But uh, but there seems he, to be a discomfort in him. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and he's sitting there, and he's kind of, yeah, he has, like, a almost somewhat defeated kind of right. look to him. definitely. And uh, a resignation, almost, kind of type of look. Yeah. And Total Random mentioned that that song playing, there's a great song uh, by Los Lobos. Uh viking Pl- song yeah plenty. i don't know i just love that song no, yeah. hey, it hey. plays a couple of times in that episode i just feel like feel it reminds me of richie that song but it's just yeah great Pl- song plenty yeah. plenty just of great ones there and that will yeah we'll get to another yeah there's another you know there's a handful of other lines he has you know and when he he starts having his uh when he and janice start getting together tony comes over he sees him there in the morning. You right. know, he's making the eggs, and I, I, you know, you never get those eggs again. <laughs> I never thought, and this didn't catch my eye at all. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it means absolutely nothing. But Tony says to him, Janice, Tony Richie, there's better looking men in the can than my sister yeah. Janice. And he says to him, a lot of people, yeah, quote that line, yeah. right? And he says, it's not, what is it to each his own? To each his own. To each his own. Oh, yeah. Which is very interesting. Is is and you say you cross me once, Tony? Right, and he's I got bite my tongue. Right, he's got the fork. He's very, very. <laughs> but and and I love that scene. Yeah, because Janice, the one, the second she walks in, I mean, he's like kind of holding the fork to him. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, things go very south very quick. R- right, like, almost me a Ralphie situation. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ralphie but situation. But definitely, and like you said, a, a few you know people point to it, but definitely an interesting. Interesting discourse, interesting exchange there with with that exact line with the you know better looking men in the can and and the fact he he does he doesn't have his pants on entering the door. Tony right. throws his pants. How about you put your fucking pants on? Right, no big deal and to him. He which, does, you know, he, he hey, just kind of like throws them over the chair. Hey, that, like, you know, some people, especially in Italian culture, that's not the most uncommon thing. But yeah, you know, it is it is a little something there like, to mention. Like also, this one is a little bit smaller. Later on. He says to Chrissy uh, in the poker scene, yep, he yep. says to him, you know, give me a reason, kid. I've got a hard on for I you already, for <laughs> which is that's a phrase. Don't fucking threaten me, Richie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a phrase that's <laughs> certainly used, that. but it's inch, kind of a little interestingly used in that. In that no, context. It's, it's it's these lines that are sprinkled throughout, which I think build upon this theory. And then you got another one with Uncle Junior with his hand stuck in the uh, mm-hmm. in the garbage disposal, uh, and uh, or, uh, or no, uh, no, my, I, I'm thinking of the uh, flexing. I'm thinking, sorry, I'm mixing up scenes. Oh, okay, well, the no, scene I mixed when it up. when Richie visits him in the doctor's office and. Uh, and Junior's like in just like thing like a t-shirt under uh-huh. sh- on like a right 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 undershirt and uh, he's like oh 
Uncle Junior, you're giving me a chubby. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, little lines like, right. uh, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. Of, of I, course, the popular, his sexual proclivity with Janice, with the gun, and that's not quite uh, what a lot of people would expect. Right, then that's where I think is the difference between Richie and Phil in terms of this homosexuality, whereas we don't really see Phil with a what well, we see him with his uh, guma he gets right. knocked out his ass <laughs> but mm. uh, and that's a, a, a i'll mention also that line that he says right because we're well. gonna get into um, phil in a minute yeah but uh yeah not to jump the gun um yeah uh definitely a difference uh that richie does it with janice so yeah definitely a bisexual nature to him rather than just completely homo uh homosexual but uh we're, we're, we don't really see him actually with a uh, with a guy or anything, so it's right. just again, it's all speculation mm-hmm. of maybe what experiences he had in the can mm-hmm. and whatnot, and um, yeah. And then I guess the kind of final piece of you know evidence, or really just kind of again food for thought in regards to Richie, or at least for me, you know, his son. A lot of people say his son is that's the example that he's homophobic that because he's ashamed of his son, his son, and right. then he's embarrassed that he lives this lifestyle and, you know, with the dancing and everything. And I tend to think that it might be a little bit of the opposite and that he actually is a little bit more almost annoyed that his son is kind of able to be, you know, open about it and and go that way and live that life and, you know, make himself happy. And I I think he's kind of... more ashamed than the self himself for not having some of the feelings that he thinks he should have about it. And I think there's definitely, because he's from the old school. Yeah. I think he definitely still stuck to not wanting those ties out there stuck to him. But I think that bothers him more than the idea of it being out there, so to speak. That's true. Yeah. And like, again, that's jump then with the, get that similar kind of relationship maybe with Phil, right. Phil and Vito with uh, with that theory. Definitely huh, a similarity. Um, but um, yeah, so with uh, with Rick, little Ricky, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, which pisses off, which they hear that too, which they hear little Ricky, you know, it's like, okay, that was like maybe when he called him a kid. Right. But like calling him Ricky when he's older, it's like, you know, gives him maybe, maybe not such a masculine feel to it. Mm-hmm. And um, as we see Janice, the breaking point with right. Janice and Richie. I mean, she's mentioning Rick, well, Rick, Ricky, which pisses mm-hmm. him off, you know, Rick. Right. I say Rick, you know, his name Rick. is Rick. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, so that obviously leads to his downfall, you know, and he, mm-hmm. well, he, the thing I think is interesting, so he, he lays his, he, he met, so he, puts a ring on it yeah so i guess he, he's gonna marry janice they're engaged they're right, gonna, right. Right. i guess they're married right are, are well they, at that point they're not like, married they're, they're, they're gonna they're gonna yeah. be married right yeah. so um because she's got the bridal right yes, exactly yeah, yeah right they, he's sitting on it yeah, yeah. one, of my, one of my favorite on. pieces of i yeah. guess suppose irony no no it's such a great touch yeah, yeah and the, the way best. yeah he just does not give a shit he's just he just yeah just throws it down cold coxer but um Right, so Janice Wright is mentioning, oh, so what if he is gay? Right, and that's when he gives it to her. Right. So you could um, certainly look at it both ways. No, yeah, but so the the point I was trying to make is um, when he says to Christopher, 
about Adriana in that first interaction, he says, right, you want to lay your hands on you, you give your last name. And that's basically, so he gives Janice, so he's, you know, going to marry Janice and thinks, all right, so he can lay his hands on her maybe. Obviously, Janice is not, not for that. She, you know, fuck around and find She's out. She's a feminist. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, basically, <laughs> I think um, it's, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, he comes from this old school, this idea that, you know, it's masculine, patriarchal, you know, be dominating and handsy and, you know, hands on a woman. And I think that's maybe him trying to, you know, trying to show this, you know, over masculine, you know, energy that, uh, to, uh, you know, hide this, you know, uh, what if he is gay? What if Richie right. is gay? What if, you know, and he shares this name that he's, he's disgraced. He shares the name right. with, with uh rick so yeah all that there and interesting mention too that i mentioned to you just before um that uh sill mentions later on in like season six when they're talking about veto the whole mm-hmm. veto situation i think uh that uh oh richie april did the right thing you know he disowned his son which uh not quite it, accurate it, it, i don't know how yeah not really that accurate unless like think he looked down on him but he did not disown him yeah unless it was maybe a, like a metaphorical right disowning, semantics like, I, I, I yeah. guess i like not a, yeah not like a full-on but like yeah like he 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 was not for it right but yeah he still i guess treated him as his son yeah not like he should a son right if that makes sense anyway not like uh, a brother-in-law <laughs> like a brother-in-law fuck me in the ass like <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> Which brings <laughs> us moving perfectly. on to Phil Leotardo. Yes, and uh, yeah, he did uh, a little bit of time in the can. I forget how many years. How many years? Was it? Yeah, I, I did. They talk about it. Is it? Is it? Is it a, a two? A, a, is it ten? Is it twenty? Fucking it, years I in think, the can. I think, I think that might 20. ring a bell. That might ring a bell. Not which sure. uh, which Tony says, you know, guys doing more than like what ten, fifteen yeah, years. I think he says they get a pass. They get a pass for that for doing uh sexual uh sexual acts with another guy there's no woman what are yeah, you gonna do you're in there the whole time <laughs> his impression's much better than mine <laughs> just gotta sprinkle it in every now and then. i don't even consider my impression i just like try to meet a tone that's like similar enough a, a literal tone yeah a literal <laughs> tone but, um yeah there's i mean there's a lot with uh I feel like with Phil, mm-hmm. more or less, not Mo- uh, not not a lot. I mean, uh, a I little mean, more. Yeah, we, we laid out a pretty good amount with Richie. I'd say there's yeah. about a, about a similar amount. But it's a little more overt. Yes, it's not as subtle. It's not as you know. I think the writers kind of maybe threw it towards that way. Mm-hmm. That you know could be, could not be, and that's the thing with Richie too. I mean, yeah, a lot of people think that so that overt, uh, masculine. The masculinity that he was showing was uh, was a cover, right? Well, it was uh, it's not a cover. It's not. I'm fucking up now. Was um, him being homophobic, well, right? It was him being homophobic, which uh, opposite of being uh, opposite of him covering it up, right? Exactly. So um, yeah, similar idea with Phil too, but I uh, I think we sort of lean towards yeah the idea that he is, and we actually we did run a poll uh. Which uh, we will get to in a second, but uh, it uh, it got a good amount of votes. Yeah, and I, um, I believe a lot of people were thinking the similar thing that we were thinking, and according to everybody, 
to about what is it, fifteen hundred votes at least. So, one thousand five hundred uh, twenty-one. Just pulling up it right now. Yes, we got fifteen hundred and twenty-one votes, and forty percent of you said yes. Thirty-five percent of you responded to quote he was gay for a little leotardo, <laughs> which was kind of meant to be as a maybe, but it was also obviously satirical with you know. With the, the Christie's uh, line right. and Gary Cooper. And, so, uh, yeah. But the majority of you do believe, yes, he is gay. 25% of you said no. So there is you know, a rather significant portion based off of that poll who believes he is not. But there's definitely uh, plenty of things that we have to lean on. Yeah. So to get right into it, um, basically something that sets off this theory that Phil Leotardo could be uh, gay is that... Um, he, well, he spent some time in the can, mm. like Richie did. So, so, uh, so like we said, not, it doesn't have to be an exact indicator, but he did do some amount of time. And a couple things he does mention, uh, he mentions, uh, you know, wanting to grill cheese, but uh, instead he had a... Uh, he jerked off in the tissue. No. <laughs> <laughs> Skip, it <a> little. <laughs> Skip it something there. <laughs> that would have been an interesting trade-off. <laughs> that, and, you, and you know what? Not I mean, the worst trade-off. When you're in the can, I mean, yeah, you never yeah. know. I mean, that's that's got to be the best thing to occupy your time in jail. Let yeah, that mean, let's but... keep it real. <laughs> Unless you're trying to delve into the pool, right? So... And that's a whole different conversation, which is the conversation we're having. Full it's circle, baby. Exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> you thought that was an accident, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right, he spent some time in the can, and he's uh, yeah, he's jacking off them ticks tissues god and uh having grilled cheeses but yeah so people think that this uh tissue is like metaphorical that he wasn't really yeah doing that that he Mm -hmm. was doing homosexual acts but like he said no i wasn't doing that i was you know doing that instead but you know which of course he would not admit to any sexual acts so of course you know right and um well something that really sets him off other than being in jail, obviously, which is very speculative of him being homosexual, just that alone. But then we have Vito, who definitely is. So uh, that before we oh and uh, yeah, yeah be- right before yeah, we get to, to Vito, there was one thing I wanted to mention about Richie that I forgot. That's another little quick little because we were talking about yeah, jail. Yeah, we're talking in, about in jail. jail mentioned. Yeah, when uh, Matt and Sean go and have that little quick meeting with Richie, and they try to get. Uh, try to get in his Richie's good graces and uh Sean mentions I believe it's his cousin who spent time with Richie in yeah. in Ooh. the in the can yeah. and Richie you know describes his physical attributes his height and like his weight two, like 22558 yeah or he's like oh yeah i remember him and that he describes it's, it's yeah it's for for somebody to know i mean like we said yeah hey you're in the can for so long hey maybe you just happen to you know his exact measurements. Know his height and yeah. weight, but, but you know, I it's, mean, it's not like, oh yeah, big guy, bald head. Yeah, I I, I kind of know him. And you're like, oh yeah, of course, you know, five yeah. eleven, two two. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, yeah, it's very soft hair. <laughs> <laughs> Caressed me like a baby. It was great. Anyway, <laughs> if you could ever do anything for me, let me know. <laughs> I nailed it. Had that tone. <laughs> it had that tone. Tone. Oh, good. Yeah, but. Back no, to Phil, was... back to Vito. Right, I just wanted to... Yeah. I should have mentioned that before, but talking about... No, but that's a good point. And yes, yeah, um, but yeah, going back to that point of, uh, yeah. I mean, it could mean something. It could mean nothing, you know, that he, he knows that fact. But uh, yeah, it's just... It's 
leaning more towards that side that why would somebody, you know, carry that information with them? <laughs> but um, Very specific. With uh, Phil and Vito, so yeah, um, Phil knowing that Vito's gay, that sets him off. That pisses him off a lot, which it doesn't seem to... Well, it pisses off some guys, sure. It pisses off Paulie, who's... Who's also, I mean, is, that's another character which I would, I mean, yeah, definitely homophobic. I mean, if anything, but yeah. definitely not. I mean, he would be the he would be the uh, the not even exception to the rule because he, I mean, you know, it's just the because I I think a lot of them show homophobic tendencies because they're because obviously being gay, it's something uh, frowned upon with them in with, that culture, with we get yeah. with uh uncle june and going down on a woman of course you go down on a woman you, anything exactly so yeah it uh it all ties together but um yeah uh Vito being gay uh sets off phil in a way that just uh, doesn't really feel the same as the rest of the guys so um you know it um kind of like he's jealous that he's able to able and willing to live that life openly and he's doing those things and of course there's definitely shame because again another guy from the old school so there's no doubt there's part of that but right yeah that exactly that old school that masculine like yeah the shame existing is why the bitterness could also exist exactly because if the shame didn't exist he could live the life that he may want to live right right yeah and um and you know you even get (laughs) I, i had written down also a few mentions with um even before he finds out Vito's gay, an interesting interesting mention uh, when he's sitting down having dinner with, at Vito's house, and uh, he mentions that Vito, oh, when you were younger, people used to say you look like John Travolta, <laughs> and that was like <laughs> pretty interesting. Imagine and, that one. And then uh, uh, what's the wife's name? Uh, Vito's wife. Uh, blanking out her name right now. I'll we'll give a quick. I, I know search. it's uh, Lorraine Bracco's actual sister. I know who plays her. If you didn't know that. Uh, yes, Marie. It's Marie's Marie. Marie. Yes, Marie. Yes, yes. Um, she Got says he's he's almost back to. <laughs> there you go. Um, he's almost back to his white suit, which is a reference to John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever, where he did like disco dancing. He was trying to be like you know top dancer in his town. It's like basically the plot of like most seventies, eighties dance movies. It's like you know. I want to dance, mom and dad, but no, you can't dance. You have to work, and you know. But uh, but basically, they just want to be the best dancer in town. So uh, hmm. yeah, that uh, basically that's the plot of like Saturday Night Fever, and um, that's what is funny in that. I think is that uh, Vito, where they find him, is dancing in the club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of making a long connection there, but. <laughs> Uh, a good one. It, I guess if that makes sense to anybody, but uh, you know, yeah, I think I not to say that yeah, John Travolta da- disco dance and that makes him gay or anything, but um, <laughs> yeah, maybe the way Vito was in a you know in the leather suit, uh, yeah, that uh, different story. Different story. But yeah, with um, Phil though, um, you get a few things. Um, well, uh, he's so he's very adamant about Vito being gay he wants to make sure something's done about it and when finally something does get done about it he's literally coming out of the closet which a lot of people say like that is like the nail in the coffin for this theory that 
Phil literally coming out of the closet because it's kind of uh, it's some some people joke like how long was Phil waiting in there to yeah, do and that? Some people I think, think it's too obvious. I and think corny that's like the, the funniest thing. Like Phil's just standing in there like ten minutes. Like, all right, is he there yet? Is he there yet? Yeah. All right, <laughs> now, like, <laughs> kind of funny, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It's I mean, for the writers, I mean, it's see, I that's like where we were saying like uh, maybe more obvious with Phil than Richie on the writer's part that they wanted to make it like, yeah, like, look, he's coming out of the closet. And he's like David Chase recently on the talking Sopranos podcast did make mention to the truth being behind this. He didn't go too deep into it, but mentioning that there was some truth and behind that was, you know, actually what they were going for there. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is always good to get the co- confirmation from the uh, the man himself. You never know with him. But sometimes yeah. he likes to throw curveballs at him. Because there was like a yes and no with the whole Piomai. Right. Did Ralphie do it? Right. There was like a no, no. There. And then like recently, I think he said yes. And so. of course, controversy with what he's said in regards to the finale and Tony's death. So of course, yeah, a lot of back and forths with David Chase. Yeah, right. so right. Can his never tell. With a grain but, of salt, but worth yeah. mentioning. Yes. Um. So yeah, Phil literally coming out of the closet. They shove a pool cue up his ass. I mean, obviously right, in reference to him being gay, but it's like, you know. But um, he grips the bed, too, mm-hmm. which is like very... He's getting something which, out of which it. Which says, yeah, which, yeah, exactly. People say, is he getting satisfaction that, okay, he's he's killing this guy because, you, you know... Right, it could be did. the perverse violence aspect. Right, which, yeah, which is the in-defense... Of this not theory, right. uh, you know, not being true. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it, it's very telling of something. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. We're, for, we're, for, for me, I think uh, I think from the poll we took, uh, yeah, I think more people leaning towards the idea yeah. that he, he is. But um, another thing, uh, too, with the uh, – he's got that gumar, too, that uh, they get knocked on their keys. Of course. I think that, right. Uh, and um, – the line he says, I'm pretty sure he says, uh, "There's something that something we need to get straightened out between us." Mm-hmm. I think he says right before mm-hmm. the thing blows up and then right. throws him back. But it's like very interesting. I mean, yeah, he's going with this woman, so it's like maybe him showing, like, right? You know, maybe. But it's just him alone with this woman, so it's like, all right. So it also could be a similar thing with like you know the Richie thing, like all right, maybe bisexual, but had these. Uh, experiences in jail and that uh, you know trying to hide him away but you know and trying to show that he is hetero but nevertheless yeah to straighten things out between us Uh, interesting choice of words definitely and um yeah, we're the uh, uh the bodybuilders on the TV too. Oh, of course, I right? There's yeah. the the bodybuilder when he's talking to Marie, and there's some bodybuilders working out on the TV, no shirts on, you know, and and Phil looks over, turn that turn that off. <laughs> it's distracting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, which no. to be fair, kind of is not appropriate for the moment, but not everybody would consider it distracting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we're we're both on the side that he most likely is, and again, David Chase kind of confirmed it but some definite legitimacy to the you know some of the stuff being not you know not pointing to that and pointing to some other stuff so one of those things for you to think about and another theory that people talk about a lot and this one maybe won't give us as much to talk about because we kind of have both a similar again belief 
in this one and that is there's not much behind it and that is a lot of people believe tony was somehow responsible for renata hesh's girlfriend's death at the end of the show and although i as a fan of the show is it, is it his wife I don't know. His, his wife his wife, girlfriend yeah. is you know his significant others yeah. i guess they never make exactly clear but what yeah. what, what yeah. she is to him his his significant others right what's yes. important yeah his, just his like, partner yeah. not to yeah right yeah not to derail <laughs> right but i would love for this theory in my opinion to have more truth to it because i would just love the spice of it but there's a couple things, one main thing and uh, another character trait of Tony's that I guess I don't see being that present. That kind of points to it not being true. And the main thing to me is the timeline of the whole thing. Right. So Tony goes over to the house with Paulie and Carlo. And what a lot of people think or what some people think is Carlo is in the car in the scene when they're leaving the house. Or isn't Bobby there too? Yes, it's Bobby, Bobby, Carlo, and Tony. Oh, they said Pauly. Yes, no, no, yeah. Bobby, Carlo, and Tony. And people say, how come Carlo's in the car, but he's not in the scene? Was he plotting? Was the conversation they were having some way for Tony, uh, for Carlo to plot some way to do something? I think Carlo is like watching TV land on his phone. Right, yeah. yeah, He's just (laughs) hanging out. But to me, what the problem is, is the whole timeline again. That is during the day. It's light out. It, you know, I can't give you a time of day. I don't want to give you the time of day, but it is very clearly not near towards the end of the day. We're not near dusk or or anything like that. So we're we're rather early on in the day here, and Hesh does not find her dead until the next morning. So she goes through the whole day. She goes to sleep and she passes in her sleep. So I suppose in theory, there's any possibility that they left poison for her to somehow drink on her night table. But to me, that's quite a reach. And I just don't see that timeline really being anything that they that. And that's not how the mafia goes about killing people. And they also don't touch families, which maybe again what her what her title is we're not exactly sure but they don't go after and it's it's just for tony going after her for what reason right is like the pettiness yeah tony is a lot of things but petty in this sense he's he's very toxic he's very insecure he's very immature he he, he is petty but he he would I, i mean like in saying in saying that, yes, I, I mean, I, like, I can't it, call him not petty. No, no, in in, in the character, like, petty. Polly is petty, right? Like, yeah, is like right. the definition of petty. But Junior like, is petty. Junior is petty, but like, yeah, Tony petty moments. But yeah, no, 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 I hear that. It, I mean, like, what, what is he getting out of killing Renata? And, and he's he getting, ends up paying Hessian full after right, Renata exactly, passing because right. he feels so bad, presumably. So what exactly? And some people say, well, he's doing that because he's right. He's, he's just putting he's just nice, putting it on. Right. Or but it's just like if Tony he, is like evil at that point. But like how fucking evil? Like yeah, sure he kills like Chris and whatever, but uh, not whatever. Like I <laughs> yeah, mean, whatever. He, yeah, just whatever. <laughs> he kills him for a purpose. I mean, he has a deep idea of like, all right, this right. guy. I had him as my number two, like he was going to be my guy. Now and then he's, now he's, he's not. Dangerous. And right. he's going to be a liability. A I got to take him out myself and perfect opportunity. So he took it. But why Renata is just like, it's like really just nothing else adding it up other, if, than, other than just like a fucking kill. Just if for anybody, like, just to like, 
just to spite Hesh, I right. guess, you know, which is like, come on. I don't know if that's like really in Tony. I, and I believe you can believe more in the idea that this is representative of Tony being, you know, an angel of death and or black cloud kind of following him in this moment. I can, I could certainly understand and get down with that, but that's a totally different ball game than, you know, actually killing her. Yeah. So that's kind of where we stand on that one. Again, we would we if we're wrong, so be it. We'd love the spice I mean, because that's what we're here for with this show. So, spice of life. Yes. The next one that we wanted to hit on, and this one is really rather speculative, and there's only so much to speculate in terms of evidence, in all honesty, but it's interesting because we don't get an answer. Yeah. And that is who actually slashed Gloria's tires. And this one we actually have two different opinions on. So I'll let you take go first. Well, yeah, and, and speculative uh, in the way, I mean, with Renata too. I mean, she, I mean, I, I we don't hear anything about it, like an autopsy or anything. Like, so this whole thing with her getting poisoned, I mean, right, very there would have to be a poison involved, right. a poisoning involved, which isn't really which ever, ever mentioned. But what, definitely does happen is Gloria's tires are slashed and somebody slashed him. The question is who slashed him? And uh, Tony mentions, that, oh, it could have been his uh, Gumara Irina, you know, the Russian uh, Russian broad he was with, that Russian person. But, um, yeah, he, uh, I don't know. Does he throw an Irina because... You know, maybe he did it, maybe, or maybe Irina really did do I, it. Um, I, per- I personally think there's probably some truth behind that, just because she's done crazier things. And, it's true. And I, I think that for him to have that in his head, as opposed to plenty of other people who would be out for Tony or somebody who's interested in Tony, and that's the thing, again... The mafia, they don't go after the girlfriends, they don't go after the wives, and they don't go after that. But Irene is not in the mafia. She doesn't play by those rules. She's a petty girl. She's very upset. She gets drunk. She just she acts crazily. Maybe she got one of uh, one of the Russians that she knows uh, to help her out and actually do this. But some, uh, I believe Stoli and uh, yeah, right. I believe there's uh there's truth in in that one and that it actually is indeed Irina. Yeah, I think it's uh. It's like, yeah, it's it's possible. The possibility is there. Tony puts that out there. And uh, Gloria, though, I feel like the, the fact that Gloria gets into a fight with Tony, it might be a whole manipulative tactic on Gloria's part. Like, she slashed the tires knowing maybe Tony, who, I'm, who knows if Tony would mention that. <laughs> like, if she knew Tony would mention that. But, yeah, it could have been... Maybe a tactic of hers. Maybe she. I. I personally think she slashed her own tires. That was basically what I was getting to. Is uh, which um, yeah. Uh, who knows? Is that uh, and it's, I, I think yeah. You. I think you're more on the right. Irina. It's not my prevailing theory, but I like it, and I certainly think that she is. She as a character is definitely capable of that. So I like it. Yeah. And and again, as far as what we see in the show, there's we could speculate all we want. We try to stay within term some terms of what we see we try not to go too far off because again this is not actually real so if they wanted it included right even though they don't always give us an answer but if they wanted they david chase has been at some point quoted as saying the answers are all in there so even though sometimes they don't give us like an ending that we want or an ending period um i believe there's only so much you could speculate on this one so like you said 
that is certainly within her character. So I definitely believe that's that's fair, fair, fair speculation. Yeah, fair speculation, <laughs> sir. One that maybe some people feel could be not so fair speculation, or though some can, is who Bobby killed when he went up to Canada. Yes, and there are a lot of people who believe that it is Harpo. Right, because uh, you get uh, well. Harpo is French Canadian. Uh, he's living up. Uh, well, he's living on the pavers, and uh, he's going by Hal now. He's well. He changed his name, I guess, from Harpo to Hal to who knows what. Uh, right, could have changed his name again, which is speculating too. He was a street, uh, was a street person, so. right? But um, yeah, the guy that Bobby kills. I'm trying to. I was trying to pull up his name to uh, see uh, what that was, but um, anywho. It's not Harpo or Hal, I, I believe, um, but it is a French-Canadian name, um, and it is, I mean, he's a young fellow. I mean, he's in the age range of somebody who could be Har- uh, Janice's son, but um, yeah, this one, like we said, there's really not too much to go for on this one other than those, I guess, small facts, Um but there is something interesting, I think, is that he does have a tattoo on his neck, which is of, um, it's called the Ankh, which is a, an Egyptian symbol of life. And he's, well, he's, he's dying. So, uh, you yeah. know, it's a, is it symbolic of just that moment, especially being Bobby's first kill? Um, you know, it's hard to say, but, uh, you know, it, it's one of those ones. Yeah, it's like I'm like kind of like, eh, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. You yeah, know, it's definitely interesting. It definitely, it definitely, you know, those. To, sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, to me, it, it, I agree. It's a bit too loose. Just, just going off of lo- the location and then a general age vicinity. Uh, I think maybe there's not enough there. Maybe they could have been hitting on the idea of not knowing and, you know, that's uh, things of that nature. Um, but yeah, I think that's one more so geared towards people kind of want it to be that. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's a little too loose for I me th- personally I think to kind of sink my teeth in. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> Maron, this guy just burping all over the podcast. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Miss Scoops, Miss Scoops. Jeez. Um, the, uh, Egyptian symbol, cause I mean, um. I guess you could tie it into a spirituality type thing. I mean, ancient Egyptians, a lot of ancient civilizations believed in a lot of spirituality and whatnot. So uh, Janice is pretty spiritual herself. Um, The idea that this guy Bobby kills also uh, might be spiritual, not to go, that's, you know, also speculating way too much because it's like just just from a tattoo on this guy. But nevertheless... To throw that out there could be a connection if this guy is spiritual, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, total speculation. Yeah. And that is a good segue to one of the possibly more spiritual aspects of the show and a big theory and a big answer or question that we do not get an answer to in the show. And that is who left the note in Tony's hospital room? Some people don't really care because they don't really care at all about that portion of the show. They get angry that they spent 
portions of towards the ending ending of the show focusing on the dreams and having him in the hospital yeah, and they don't the care at all dream and, yeah. and uh some people are fascinated by it because as we said it's one of those things that we don't get an answer to and there's a lot of good speculation as to who it could be and personally and i know you kind of go a little back and forth but we kind of both this is another one we both kind of fall into a similar uh similar space and think there could be some type of spiritual type of you know phenomenon going on here oh yeah where it's possible that the uh the the uh the monks that right. he, that Kevin Finity you know sees in in his in this coma dream are somehow responsible for you know spiritually again a spiritual phenomenon you know making this present in, in Tony's room because it is something that the show doesn't necessarily delve into a ton but spirituality and, and certain phenomenon and, and things like that they definitely do touch upon it and i think because there's just such a lack of an answer and the dream and some of the things that happen in the dream and what we presume tony slash kevin finnerty kind of you know the epiphanies and such on and so forth that he kind of comes to to me that aligns itself the best right yeah, it's definitely there. Um, some stuff. Uh, there are also a few other uh, characters as well who could be possibilities for this uh, note. Um, the nurse as well, who brings it up to Tony, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, although, you know, uh, just the fact that she's pointing it out doesn't necessarily mean she left the note. Mm-hmm. Um, some speculate Aaron Arkaway. That uh never know what that guy. <laughs> he's I mean, he's pretty spiritual himself. He's he's pretty Catholic, I guess. And uh right, I guess he's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's right, yeah, because yeah, yeah, him and Janice, right. Yeah. yeah. And um well you get the priest or pastor uh guy as well that comes in to speak to Tony. Mm-hmm. Could be him as well. Although I'm not I mean, this being Ojibwe, this is a Native American saying, so uh we do see some Native Americans in the show early season four. You have the, the chief that mm-hmm. uh, with the casino. Um, is it possible one of them comes, Del Red Clay comes and leaves the note for Tony? You know, maybe like, uh, you know, coming around sort of thing. I mean, it's it's kind of a reach in that aspect. Um, I think the strongest players in who left this note Personally, I mean, yeah, the Buddhist monks. I, I, I like to mm-hmm. believe that, yeah, it's some supernatural. They, but also, for Buddhist monks to know a Native American saying, who knows? I mean, I, yeah, I'm not Buddhist, so yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know what exactly they study. I, I, I think they, who knows? They could study maybe other teachings or phrases from other. Yeah, cultures and so yeah so i i really can't say for certain but um i mean i would like to believe that or maybe who knows maybe in kevin finnerty's reality i mean in kevin finnerty's world it's buddhist monks and then back to tony's his native american saying but yeah it's that's that it's that same idea Mm -hmm. nevertheless and um the other two players though i think are melfi and janice because, well, Melfi sends a basket with a car. Uh, well, uh, she sees Carmela in the supermarket. And then oh, Carmela well, yeah, thank, thanks, right, her. thanks her for the card and says it was an, a nice message or something, she says. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, 
did Carmela just read the Ojibwe saying? If if that is the in fact the message, could be as simple and as say, that. Oh, that's nice. Thank yep. you, Doctor Melfine. Pinned it up. And that's the beauty of the show in some of these theories. It could be completely something crazy, or it could be as simple as that. And another one too, not to say she's a, a heavy player in it, but yeah, Meadow also reading mm-hmm. some poem for Tony bedside, uh, which uh, you know, I mean, a poem, a saying, um, you know, Meadow's pretty well read, so for Meadow to leave an Ojibwe saying, very familiar with Robert Frost. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Melfi, very well read as well. Uh, and like we said, Janice, she's pretty spiritual. I mean, sure. At least at times. It's very possible for Janice to leave it. The reason I think it kind of ties back to Janice for me is when they get out of the hospital, she's wheeling Tony, and uh, they're like looking around, and Tony like looks across the street, sees some kids around, and. Um, he uh and the winds blow i mean you see the wind blowing the trees around so there's that wind again the great wind blowing carrying you along but uh he says to janice you know from now on every day is a gift and janice just does not look so like you know she's like yeah right and then she's like i'm i'm going to go get the car and she just i mean she's pretty disheveled i mean from being in the hospital maybe not having much sleep, so, you know, a little speculation there, I guess. A lot of, say it a thousand times this episode, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's what a lot of these theories are. Um, but, uh, hey, it's one that some people give a shit about right. and it, care enough about to talk it about was, it so very many years after. Right. And It, uh, it was worth, worth delving into, worth giving our opinion. Like I said, we both kind of believe and want to believe there's some spirituality connection to it but everybody is entitled to their own yes and the next theory question that people have that honestly we saw a lot recently in the last handful of months or so a lot of conversation about this one because one of the the great followers in sopranos in the sopranos uh twitter verse uh Rochelle Pravati at Pravati Soprano. She Parvati. <laughs> yes, she made up a nice little kind of montage of uh, the scene with uh, showing the picture, the little picture we see of Kelly Blundetto. Right. And if is actually, do we see Kelly Blundetto leaving Melfi's office in season five when Tony is going to enter Melfi's office when he is trying to ask her out and Melfi is concluding a, uh, a group session. There is a girl who walks up to Melfi and she has a very similar look as the girl, uh, as Kelly in the picture. And she mentions to, to Melfi that uh, she's going, she's going out of town. And this is shortly after Tony B. I think it's a tone to that. Excuse me. Hello. Tongue twister, two Tonys episode. Yes, yes. Um, so some believe uh, that there is a connection there. I personally believe there's a little bit of more of that, that this is not the case, that, that it's not her, and that uh, this is one of the theories that Dan and I have a little bit of differing differing opinion on, and I believe it's not her. I believe one of the things that definitely can't seal the fate, but to me it stands out as interesting. In Marco Polo, when 
Tony B is talking with Meadow in the kitchen uh, before the party starts, asking about Kelly and the last time you saw her and everything. And Meadow asks uh, Tony B, you know, you haven't had any luck finding her. And uh, he says, you know, no, I've been scouring the Internet all over looking for her. And to me, even though this is still earlier on, I believe it was 2004, maybe it's 2003 when they were filming. So that that area. So cell phones and the Internet were far different from what they are now. Tracking was far different from what it is now. Yeah. Most definitely. I was saying to you, Tony B being in the can. Right. Who knows how well <laughs> how he works the computers to begin with. It's a great point by Google. You. What the right. fuck is Google? <laughs> yes. But but to me, it was kind of one of those things. I mean, sure, she could be right under your your nose while you've been searching and that could definitely be the commentary. But I kind of thought of it maybe that that's not the case and that there's, you know, to me, it just strikes me as so just hard to believe that they would that the Soprano family, because they had watched her up until she was about 12, it was her 12th birthday right before she moves out, as Meadow says. To me, it would seem a little difficult to buy that they would have completely lost track of her and she's still in town and then you combine she's in town right right. and then you can passes and then passes right but and and you combine that he's scouring the internet all over and she's right there and they and neither (laughs) and uh, and not like she passes tony and he doesn't look right at her like right exactly so which is a lot of people shoot down the theory like tony looked right at her come on he would he would recognize right but i know you kind of believe there might be something more to it um yeah um well was it the pic? well the picture right right the the picture i think is uh that one, i think that's where a lot of people i think uh that there's such really a similarity draws that uh, tony looks at a picture when he's at uh, tony b's mom's house then um yeah there's i mean very similar looking goth looking girl with that short uh you know dark hair and um, I mean, you know, it's hard to say from, you know, because I think from the little view you get of this girl in Melfi's office and the little bit you see in this picture to say the to the same. But uh, I think um, like we've uh, we've talked about this before. And sure, if it's not Kelly B, it's most definitely a representation of her Um yeah and and exactly that could be because because the show focuses on doing some things like that so often and it it could be just kind of kind kind of like the similar way tony b kind of like looks uh at uh meadow at a certain point i remember people like saying online at one point like oh why is he like oogling our so Mm -hmm. it's like he's look he's like saying like this could be my daughter right now right. but you know you know and we did another poll about this one recently yes, and did. got a you know a pretty significant not quite almost, as large but about 500, 500 yeah. but a pretty significant uh pretty bunch good. of people and 38% of you say yes 33 say no so it's pretty close and 29 say maybe so that one is definitely that one you know you get a lot more back and forth about uh, I think one of the things that's very subtle but more interesting in terms of it being true is kind of what you touch upon her. Uh, this girl and Tony have a little eye to eye moment very quickly, and Tony kind of gives her a look like, What did I just? Uh, no, forget it. I'll move right. I'll move on. And also, he's like very set on. I yeah. mean, he just wants he's, Melfi. He's got the ra- he's got the <laughs> he's Melfi got radar it. on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, his eyes are set, so he's not. I mean, yeah. 
and Tony he's tunnel vision right right there, and Tony when he gets like that certainly has like you exactly said tunnel vision yeah so yeah. um so so a good one to think about and again definitely Rochelle fantastic uh little work there to combine the scenes and and really give everybody kind of yes. right back to back the idea to kind of think about it and and kind of kind of ponder on put it all together that there. one yes another one that i think might have been and probably you know still to this point is the most popular but i believe really at this point there's no longer theories or conspiracies attached to it which is somewhat disappointing yeah and that is what happened to the russian in the pine barrens and you know of course it's a lot of people's favorite episode a lot of people's funniest episode that whole aspect of the episode is you know hysterical and so many people wondered for so long what happened right and through all these recent interviews and podcasts and resurgence of the show uh we heard terry winter yeah yeah terry winter uh went on again i believe it was talking sopranos podcast it might have been multiple places but definitely with them and he had mentioned that you know uh, later on in the show towards the end of the show that he brought the idea to david that let's have valerie the guy the the russian in the pine barons let's have him back with slava back in his place have him you know, kind of sweeping up, cleaning up, and have Christopher go in to kind of meet with Slava. And he sees Christopher. He's able to recognize Christopher, has an idea of where, where he, you know, knows there's something there. But then Christopher realizes, you know, he's missing half of his head <laughs> and he's got significant brain damage and he can't figure out and he doesn't know. And Chrissy's able to just get away with it. Right. And... David Chase, according to Terry Winter, David Chase said he agreed with it. He thought that was a good way to go with it. They were going to go with that. And Terry Winter, according to him, again, uh, his fatal line for this coming to uh, fruition was him saying something along the lines that the audience would love it. Oh, yeah, that's great. They'll love it. Right. And David Chase said, well, that's the exact opposite (laughs) reason to do it. We're not doing it then. Right. Yeah. Don't want to... uh so was even a fan fan service right or even though it didn't happen but uh that kind of gives you the answer he's at least not dead i mean you get into they, the whole they de- had yeah they had some ideas going right. for sure you, which is interesting but, you get into yeah, you can definitely get into the whole debate you know this is fiction it didn't happen so the theory still can exist you can have whatever idea out there that you want which is definitely true you can have whatever any theory He's alive. He's hiding. He's still, you know, anything. I like the idea, but I guess Steve Buscemi kind of squashed that as well with the uh, the camera angle over Paulie and Christopher. That he's hiding in the tree. That he like shimmied up that because the blood trail stops as well, and then boom, camera angle from the up in the tree, and people think, oh, he's up in the tree. And Steve Buscemi said, huh, I didn't even think of that. I just thought it was a cool shot. Like, what about that now? But uh, so. You know, uh, who knows? It could be one of those things they said after the fact, like, yeah, you know what? Hey, if people think that, go with it. Sure. But, you know, it's they left it open ended and you think what you want to think. Another thing, actually, I want to mention with that, because Bobby does mention the Jackson Whites, I think, I believe is the name, uh, the albinos that lived in like the Jersey Woods parent superstitious uh, type thing. But um, I, I did look up a while back i remember i think there was something with them maybe being cannibalistic or something to that effect or um so yeah possible who knows these the fact that bobby brings it up yeah it could be a uh 
yeah, these uh, albinos uh, got the Russian and uh, yeah. had a big meal. You know, so, fuck. So <laughs> you're you're welcome. Everybody's welcome to all the theories, but yeah, uh, you know, yeah, for, you for can us, make it kind of you can make a hundred theories with that. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's kind of open ended the and, there. Once we got yeah. that, and I mean, he really did take one to the head. So yeah. I mean, Come yeah, on. I think he's probably dead. <laughs> so but, moving forward, this one is definitely talked about some people totally buy it some people totally rule it out and i think it goes back and forth and i think it's really hard to get an answer and that is junior's illness his his dementia his right. his memory you know his cognitive abilities everything if he's faking it when he's faking it when it's real and is he playing it on more yeah, playing it on thick yeah and i think a lot of it a heavy majority of it is is fake is not real and i don't know for certain but it's a podcast so you really should say for certain so i will i think even as far up until the end where he's totally unaware i still think to me that there's just something for me there's something too similar to the storyline that played out with livia that was cut short because of Nancy Marchand's death. And there's just too much. The, the pattern there is just too similar. And it's so easy for him at that point. And he has no better option, really. And I just personally think that because we see it fade and switch and go back and his medicine changes and that has something to do with it and, mm. and all that stuff. But I I just feel like the whole time once he gets that idea in his head and he realizes the power of it after seeing the power of it from Livia in the se- in season 1 and early in season 2 and, and and everything to me it just kind of feels more that way than than it's real. I know the doctor gives gives legitimacy to it. Right. But that's a completely different that's that's not what they say he was dealing with is not dementia itself it's not alzheimer's alzheimer's itself it's and um so to kind of i guess give it the other end because i actually believe somewhat the opposite Mm -hmm. i want to believe that he was faking Mm -hmm. it i think that's you know that'd be pretty that'd be pretty yeah i mean it's it's definitely a cool theory to to think that and, and like you said with livia him playing off that it's re- very reminiscent Livia doing the smile, I guess, uh, if you believe she's smiling when uh, Tony's, uh, she's smiling, look at her, look at her face, you know, like the, uh, basically is uh, Uncle June, uh, you know, like in Tony, uh, him, him and Tony's last scene, I mean, people think all the way up to there, like all the way to the end, like you said, that uh, he's faking it up to then. It's like, uh, for me, I think it's somewhat the opposite. I think it's all uh, back to when he falls down the stairs and then Tony's saying, you know, I think they have the mistrial or whatever. Um, I think maybe then Junior realizes, all right, I got some power. I can, like, kind of, you know, I can maybe work things to my advantage, you know, being in that situation. But I think as it goes on, like, into the sixth season, like, I think he really does have a mental decline um, that is very real. Um, but it's influenced by by these all these old flash he's having all these flashbacks and old memories coming back which are 
making it maybe seem like to other people around him, like, ah, he's just bringing up old things and, you know, just making it seem like. But I, for one, think it's pretty real. But again, though, I think it's, I think it's maybe the opposite end. It's, you know, rather than, uh, that uh, he saw that he could have power within, just played it on, rather than he played it on and then actually had a mental decline. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I, I like I said, I'm more in the minority, and I, I think I'm more pulled in my feelings in how I want the story to play out more than than what I actually see. And we'll get into this a little bit at the end. Also, we'll kind of throw out a couple couple ideas that we really can't back up at all but we kind of like and want to hope to be true and this is tied into one uh, uh, this is tied into one for me so yeah i I think it's i think even though i believe what i believe you're probably more likely to be on the correct side uh he's certainly the decline is certainly huge if he's faking it and we mentioned a bunch with the meta uh, we were talking before about like the medical uh all the medical stuff in the show talk about medical sciences and whatnot there's a lot of trust in that so i think a lot of what the doctors are saying you know it's a lot of uh you know they're not bullshitting them so it's you know if that's true then junior would have to be bullshitting the doctor i think or bullshitting the cat you know head scans and whatnot and uh uh, talking about a doctor yes talking about a doctor that brings us to another big favorite and that is is Doctor Russ Fagoli actually Fago, <laughs> as AJ says, is he actually Paulie's dad? Right. And there's definitely plenty of things that kind of give you chance to believe that it's true when you line it up to what his actual mother tells him how he got pregnant. The timeline is very similar. Yeah. And the fact the facts laid out. It gives you a sense of, you know, yeah, this this could be also like another one of those ones where it's like, yeah, everything laid out. It's, yeah, given possibility. But uh, I myself am more on the side that it is not the case and that I think there's one very semantical that I, if anybody wants to correct me because I'm certainly not a savant and try to, you know, do a little research on this and I believe I found what I was looking for to support it, but not entirely sure. So if anybody can can correct me, by all means do. Yes. Uh, She tells Paulie that she met a soldier and that she had, you know, that that the soldier is the father. Dr. Russ was in the Navy. He would technically not be in the soldier under the soldier umbrella. This can be very semantic and not mean a lot could be just the words that they use and it kind of slipped under the radar but to me because the show is so specific and things like that don't normally happen it was kind of like uh maybe kind of there you go there there's something and to me it was kind of hitting on especially in this culture and with really every culture that you know immigrated uh, immigrated over and and dealt with that so much is lost uh, so much uh, is lost in the background and things that happen when you when people moved over and it's so easy to be like maybe sorta because you start picking together oh, it's this time frame and it was this place and it was that you know doing these things and like maybe it can match up there's a little something that doesn't but so many things do that like I you know what there's mm-hmm. like there's like no way but but 
there are ways you know there's millions of things out millions of people out there and you know things like that happen all the time you know there's i'm I'm sure plenty of people listening and you know know somebody or are somebody who you know i can't say for sure but it's so weird because there's so many similarities and it yada 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 i can't believe that what are the odds that this happened and i did this and yep bing 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 so i think they're kind of hitting on that and and i think that it's uh more of something that the fans kind of want to hang their hat on and hey if i'm wrong by all god bless that's great that's great work by by the writers absolutely fantastic and fantastic stuff by the people who you know were able to put it together the fans who were yeah because it's not one of those things that's like so laid out there like maybe, i didn't catch it at all yeah so. i i think that was one i don't think i'd maybe put that i think that was maybe one i i maybe thought maybe like russ maybe i think i maybe looked up or something and then yeah. found it through that we'd, so. we'd love to give credit to whoever either started the theory or popularized the theory i am not sure who it is so credit to that person but yes, oh yeah it's definitely, no, it, one it's that definitely more brought to our attention definitely some big brain thinking there but uh yeah i think i mean they lay out so many like we said so many facts he's he's this gi soldier um which could be conflicting because we we uh there's the line that uh he's in the, he's in the navy with yeah. you as uh as kids they were in the navy yes and he was the governor of maryland because yeah. <laughs> he had crabs which is uh, how Oh, but um, yeah. So he was pretty. Uh, he was promiscuous. So, which also is something people could connect to this idea of him, then banging Polly's mom. But, uh, but you can also get crabs from one dirty hoe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, let's just call it what it is. And he's when he's going port to port. You, you know, know one I mean? one one dirty partner and bang, bing, boom. That's it. Bing, bang, b- bada, bing, bada, boom. Um. But yeah, you get some more interesting stuff with not just this connection of the timeline, I guess, that, okay, so Polly's mom, yeah, she was with the GI. Russ was banging broads all along the coastline. But uh, um, you get uh, Russ Figoli has prostate cancer and he can't have uh, tomatoes. Mm-hmm. You know, my condolence. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> what is that? Me dispiach, I don't know, whatever fucking Intadola yeah, says. Not sh- exactly that sure. Schnorr just fucking came for the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I wonder if he even got you a gift. Yeah, probably not. Come on, that guy. Yeah, maybe a Bible. <laughs> um, Which God bless, but. God bless. God, but he has those on deck. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's. Um, so he's allergic to the pomodori because he's got prostate cancer and who else has prostate cancer is Paulie. And he's asked by his doctor, does he have any uh, history of prostate cancer? Because that is a genetic thing. So um, people add that in to another factor. Um, Along with, um, I think there was something else. Um, was there anything else? Or no, I think that might have been it. Yeah, I think that might have been... Russ, the GI, the uh, the prostate, yeah. the genetics, which uh, I think we were, I was saying the, to you before, you know what, there's... And it, that it, the timeline would align with Paulie's age. Roughly. Right, that yeah. too, yeah. Um, you know what, there's... Right, so the facts are laid out, but um, 
it's kind of one of those things. It's like you really have to tie those together. Mm-hmm. But, uh, hey, I mean, prostate cancer is very common. So, I mean, you know, who knows? It, it's uh, it's one of those things. Right. But, uh, I mean, it's a pretty, I mean, it's high up there in the theories, I'd say. It, it's definitely Oh, yeah, up there. for sure. But sure. I, I was surprised to say to see. I mean, in looking up this theory, just I mean, there's a pretty big split. I mean, I feel like it's a fifty-fifty. Like some are like, yeah, definitely his dad, and fifty are like, no, definitely not. Right. It to to me again, it's just one of those emblematic things in life where it's like there's so many details similar with this with this one person that like it feels like it's got to be, but you know, there's a lot of people and there's a lot of stories. So I think a main thing in it is that Russ, because it's just like. Not like she said Russell or like, you know, some, you know, whatever. But that's just like a pretty big thing. <laughs> you know, it's just like Russ. Okay. Right. It's like this guy's named Russ Fagoli. Like, come on now. But yeah. yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a big one, like we said. And um, there's one more. Yeah. Talking about, I mean, surprise, like I said, I was surprised by that, uh, you know, that split in that. But this one, I was surprised that uh, people kind of believed this right. i mean not that they believe it it's one i was i i guess i wasn't more really, one-sided yeah one-sided i guess and like um i just really yeah it's one i didn't really think about too much i just kind of like you know which is uh did tony have furio killed um did he kill him before he left for italy which some people speculate mm-hmm. i mean his house is cleared out and he's gone back to Italy, and if certain people find him, he's a dead man. Mm-hmm. Is Tony just saying that? You know, it's one of those ones where it's like kind of a lot of speculation, and you kind of really got to be like, all right, you know, really not so much to work with. But it was, I was surprised nonetheless to see like so many people believing that one. I was like, oh, okay. Right. Well, it is something there, I guess, if you get a lot of people thinking that. Right. I, I I was with you uh, on this one that I really hadn't given it that much thought. Um, I thought that it actually did kind of align itself with how erratic he was willing to get at that moment, you know, because of the, what was going on with Carmella. Right. And he really knew that it was coming to a boiling point. He had that conversation in Italy before he came back when he was going over for his father and after what he did to Tony, he probably felt he really had no choice that he had to get out of there, that he wasn't going to be able to talk his way out of it, which, to be honest, I don't know that that would have been true. I think that definitely you see Tony looks at it side eyes and he doesn't really know, like, well, what the hell just happened? <laughs> but <laughs> I, you don't um, it, it doesn't it certainly never comes up from Tony again that that he did that and that was the last thing that he did before you know so and and another I think maybe indicator that he didn't do anything to Furio I mean they or well I guess this could be seen both ways too because he would have one of the people from uh, Naples you'd have somebody in Naples over there hit Furio but they continue to work with the guys from Naples and I mean, they continued doing business over Naples. And he was a top guy in and Italy. And Furio was the top guy, right. So, I mean, if they're taking out Fur- if I mean, especially if Tony wants to do it. I mean, maybe he had a similar, like, situation to Tony B. Like, you know, like, Furio went back and they were just like, no, we're not giving, we're not giving up Furio. And maybe they took him out himself or maybe they said, or, you know, we'll put him into hiding, put him out uh, stomping grapes or something, you know. But, uh Yeah. 
it's um yeah, it's it's out there certainly like we said a yeah. lot of people believe it a lot of people are supporters of it we're kind of not so much like we said but we definitely but interesting it, you know, and we're open to it it surprised me and it got me thinking more and yeah it's maybe yeah, in it's a couple months we'll be more on the side of you know what i think actually there there's something there yeah. so but again, it's you know it's not so much to work with, so it's you know you kind of gras- grasping at straws. But right, yeah, uh, a lot of people were talking about, it, so thought and we had to give it a mention. Speaking of grasping at straws, and this is m- <laughs> maybe not the last, but uh, towards the end of what we wanted to do here is kind of give you some of the theories or ideas that we had that we probably deep down either know we can't prove or probably think aren't really true but want them to be true yes and uh i'm gonna start with i have this feeling this gut feeling and i've seen it bounce around a little bit but not much that janice was somehow trying to and got meadow to be a part of trashing livia's house in order to help janice get the house to stop being sold or janice get tony to stop being uh, sold so she can get the house yeah and it's more of a timeline thing. And it's one of the things that you realize when you watch The Sopranos that the sequence of the story is telling you a lot sometimes. That sometimes you need to listen, you need to pay attention to the sequence as much as the dialogue or anything else. Right. And uh, the the sequence is, is, is a little interesting here to me because it happens in a short period of time. You know, we have the first episode of season one where she has the conversation with Tony in the backyard of his house where he says that she's going to put the house on the market and only two scenes later, the house is destroyed mm-hmm. and it's a complete mess. And the, uh, the realtor tells him it's, uh, you know, there's a high school up the street. So, you know, she's making reference to the fact that it's kids. And uh, I, I think one of the most interesting things in there, because when you pr- first brought this up to me and I started to think about it myself and, the realtor says you really got to see what they did to your mother's room right and janice didn't have i mean none of them had a good relationship with livia but uh janice really didn't i mean janice was really put down by livia i think over the rest of the kids um so if janice did in fact do that i mean her taking out extra on livia's room Maybe like taking out our own anger on Livia, you know, right in that form. But yeah, and, and I, I definitely thought it, in in uh, you know putting uh, towards your theory, yeah. right? Because it's only a few scenes after that, later on at the party that they're having at the Sopranos' house, that Tony sees the sign for the, the the for sale sign on the lawn in that should be on the lawn of of Livia's house that's in the back of Janice's car. So we were already seeing the connection that she's starting to put something in motion to get this to stop. In Janice's car? That's Livia's car. It's Livia's it's car. It's Janice's car. car. So that's Janice's car. You can already see she's moving right, right. in. You know? Right. So she, exactly. So she is plotting right along here. And um, that goes into uh, early season two or early episode two is when Tony calls her after it and she gives him the whole line about, just trying to save a little money. Can my friend get the listing? Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Which her friend eventually does get the listing, but what so happens, you know, the friend never does any of the listing because eventually Tony just says, you know, don't sell it. What are the odds of that? Mm-hmm. But we also, in that episode, 
get a little bit of Meadow and Janice bonding. Janice lets uh, Janice lets Meadow drive the car oh, she's while Janice so is smoking. They're having that conversation <laughs> about Tony. They're kind of like sticking it to Tony a little bit. Right. Janice yeah. later Schmoozing in the ep- her up a bit. Yeah. Right. Janice later in the episode walks in while they're having dinner a little bit late. Uh, she cracks a couple jokes about Tony and uh, <laughs> Janice and Meadow kind of not exactly, but share a little like little back, a little little glance like, haha, you know, like we're getting him. We're, we're, we're pulling one over on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, then season uh, episode three, again, season episode three starts off with the party being broken up and Tony driving up and uh, getting Meadow in the house. And right. So, again, the sequence of all this lining up. And to me, again, so uh, there's a high school up the street. So we're, you know, where there's an implication that a high school party is being taken place here. That is where Meadow is. Meadow is in high school at this point. It is her grandma's house. How else some people, it's not abandoned. It's just for sale. It's not like it's a, it's an abandoned house. It's newly up for sale. You know, just random high school somehow got word that this house is up for sale all of a sudden and nobody's in it and that they can use it to party. Or Meadow, who was in high school, wanted a place to party. Janice was like, you know what? This would be a great place to delay the sale, yada, yada, yada. The thing that kind of would, you know, a lot of people say, well, how come Janice got so mad then when she didn't clean it up? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, Janice is incredibly toxic. So you're telling me that Janice's (laughs) behavior making no sense means this doesn't, this theory is not true. I'm not going to buy that because Janice is incredibly toxic. She does things that make no sense all the time. And then on top of it, she could it could have been one of those things where he wasn't maybe expecting it on that level or was expecting it to be cleaned up somewhat or whatever the case was that she just left it that way. You know, it wasn't so much that the party happened. It was the way that she saw it left. It was how bad it was left, that everything was completely ruined. The Janice was maybe realizing she took it too far. Now I have to put work. I have to put money into this house. Now, like you went too far. You took it too far. So. That's kind of how I stand on it. I yeah, guess, uh, I like the original trashing those. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think yeah, Janice. I, I like that theory. Yeah, that Janice was behind it. So, so I, I think there's more to prove with that one than this second one, which is kind of the last one that I have, and I know Dan has a big one too. This one, there's really more. This one is really me more rooting for it. I'm, I'm rooting for the spice. No, this is an, I, I, yeah, this is another the, one I like. The, there's, the, there's a couple things yeah. here, but it, it's more me rooting for it. And that is that I somehow want to believe and do, and there's somewhere in me believe that Janice is somehow manipulating Junior in the whole situation. She is, t- she is manipulating this situation to get Tony to put da- a Tony in a dangerous spot with Tony, which ends up actually leading to junior shooting Tony. Right. You know, it is so, again, I mentioned earlier that the storyline is seems so similar to what happens in early season one or in season one with junior and with uh, Livia plotting against Tony, putting the hit out on Tony. And we know Janice is a replication of Livia. We know that she is, or we believe that in many ways she is, further brought on the show to replace the presence that is missing after Nancy Marchand's death. And, you know, we see in that episode early on that, that, and we know that she's starting to stress about money with the new baby that they have and they want, and she's been getting on Bobby for a while about, you know, getting a raise and making more money and that they need more money and, and all this. And of course she has her very terrible toxic relationship that she has with Tony and, 
you know, it, it just seems like they really focus so hard on the fact that she's unable to be there, that, that neither Bobby or Janice are unable to watch Junior that night, and it has to be Tony. And even though you really, I can't really sit here and say that Janice somehow manipulated a way to get Junior into, you know, thinking it was Pussy Malanga and to shoot him. I mean, sure, I could, but there's really nothing to yeah. point it to. Well, this, I mean, this ties into the uh, the theory of uh, Junior's uh, mental uh, right know, that it not not being so so true, and you know. We have later on when she's in the hospital, when she goes to see Tony, she has a huge reaction, very similar to Livia, right? Very like, oh, my God, my brother, my, my brother. brother. Like, like she says she can handle it, but all, but immediately she can't handle it, which yeah. is interesting because she does the exact same thing when she enters the Soprano house, when she comes back, back home after Livia passes, when she's on the phone with Tony, she's not talking... Oh my God, my right. mother! She I can't comes it. comes in like a whirlwind. Right, like but when she opens, th- when Carmelo opens the door for her, she drops her bag. She starts hysterical. She says, mm-hmm. "I can't believe it. She's fun. She's really gone." Because in front of everybody, right? Putting on that, right. She's putting, putting on, on the show. show. She's putting on the whole the whole deal. So she kind of, in to me, it's kind of signaled maybe is she kind of putting on? And what you were mentioning before, the scene where they're outside the hospital. And Tony is, you know, looking around and the wind is going and the wind usually what we believe we'll get into another episode um, is usually some type of ominous type of, you know, tone or theme and sometimes related to death. It was was, uh, I think at first uh, in one of your favorite episodes, Isabella, it was very prominent throughout that whole episode, but several others, which we'll get into. Yeah, for sure. Another one, because that one's a fun topic. Right. But so. Tony has that line about you know every day's a gift from now on, and she looks at him like yeah 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 okay let me let me go get the car. There's tons of ways of looking at it, and I can't say I have any real hard proof, but to me I interpret it to it just hit my gut like, oh, you wanted him dead, yeah you, you wanted that like, money like you, uh, you, like you just missed out your opportunity to it, to, it, to climb up the ladder and get more money like you're just you're deep down you're swallowing like son of a Bitch. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, and I I think I even like got a shot of it, which I'll post after we do this. Uh, I'll uh, make a post up about it. But um, yeah, it's, her her face is like it's such a it, disgust. It, it's a very like you know, God, he made it. Like yeah. you know, like yeah, like she wasn't counting on it. Right. You know? like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Every yeah, day yeah, is a gift. Good. Like uh, good, fuck, good, good like, for you, yeah. pal. Right. Right. So it's definitely there i think Th- those are my two if you have anything to support or you have anything to object by oh, all means uh, to add on to yours with the right with janice and the shooting junior says uh which is in reference to jfk i wasn't acting alone right which is junior's big and J- uh, biggest jfk uh fanboy but right like uh he um I mean, you know, was he just saying this is again, this is is this his mental, you know, is he is this just his mind just spewing out his love for JFK and I wasn't acting alone, you know, just throwing it out there. Or was he not acting alone? He was acting with Janice, really. Right. But uh, again, it's, you know, that that in itself is a whole theory around JFK. And and even though it kind of contradicts my theory that Junior's uh, health situation is mostly fake than real. He does refer to Janice as Livia, 
at the last scene that they have together, which he does mm-hmm. mention earlier a few times that, you know, you got to watch out for my little, my little niece. She's the one you got to watch out for. Yeah, so yeah. he's, he's got Snake her eye on her. Yeah, yeah. He's got an eye on her, but as interesting that he refers to her as Livia, the, the, the woman in which he right. plotted with to, to kill right, Tony in th- season one. There you go. Yeah. Which, so. right. Yeah, exactly. Is it's something there. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah. But I know you, my Definitely friend, theory. have another very good theory that has plenty of interest it's, to it. Yeah, I I don't know how much I'd call it a big theory. I mean, I think yours are very definitely solid. Mine's more of like uh, I just want it to be true in some aspect of I don't know what. But I know uh, David Chase has a couple uh, Twilight Zone mentions um, later into the uh, end of season six. You got uh, Carla mentioning watching TV. <laughs> Fucking... Tony's outburst on him, you know, mm-hmm. about he should be sucking cock instead of watching <laughs> TV land because Vito brought in 10 times as much as you do, some shit like that. <laughs> um, yeah, Carlo brings up a Twilight Zone episode to Tony, which is, um, I've posted a bunch about the Twilight Zone shit, so I'll probably post again, but uh, just to throw this one out there. But uh, in the finale, the very last episode of this whole show, they're watching the Twilight Zone in the safe house, a different episode than the one Carlo mentioned. But nevertheless, um, two mentions of the Twilight Zone within the last like five episodes of this whole series. I'm a massive Twilight Zone fan. So like I was like, what the fuck is this about? Like, you know, I, I thought it, it's such an eerie show as well. It's a very I mean, anybody who's watched the Twilight Zone, it, it, every episode kind of ends with like some sort of message um, on, you know, on us as human beings, you know, on how we operate as human beings, you know, um, just, uh, in all different aspects, you know, um, but, um, I think Dave and well, to go even further, David Chase is a massive Twilight Zone fan, which is the reason he put it in the uh, show, but, um, it being such like, uh, you know, eerie show in, in that act not to say that again like it it's a deep show but uh maybe david chase used it in some sort of way to um you know maybe make his own twilight zone you know in a sense out of the uh ending because that's a lot of you uh, which we'll get into uh, another episode on the finale but the whole ending sequence is very dreamy and uh very eerie in itself i mean it's almost twilight zone like i i think in itself um but uh yeah david chase a huge twilight zone fan he actually almost ran over rod serling with his car <laughs> when he was younger oops pretty like interesting like coll- uh you know collision of worlds right there you know like two fucking greats <laughs> right there but um for sure but uh yeah my theory, not as uh, really um, based in anything. It's not. I wouldn't even say it's as much a theory. It's just my wanting of uh, there being something, uh, you know, in that ending, you know, that uh, it it, some of. some bigger reason that David Chase put in those mentions of the Twilight Zone, other than him just being a big fan. That I think is really my theory, yeah. and. If it's if you want to call it a theory, 
Right. Well, you know what? I liked it because we've been talking about it for a couple of years now. And, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, and when a, you started mentioning it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. And the more and more you mentioned it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, there, there's a little too much there. And, yeah. um, and and also in like looking up Chase interviews, uh, he mentions the Twilight Zone a lot. Like when he's when he was asked if like there is no other show other if every show if the Sopranos like no like um what the fuck am I saying if the Sopranos was wiped out of existence, what would be the best show? And he said the Twilight Zone. So right, definitely that for me, I couldn't agree more because yes, yeah, definitely my top two favorite shows. So. Where we wanted to kind of end it, maybe uh some some quick hitters a little yes. bit, because we uh we put out a uh, not a poll, but we put out a a uh, a post trying to ask what are some of your favorite uh conspiracies and theories, you know, from the followers, and we got some good ones. Some of them, you know, we don't have that much of a the- of a opinions on yet. So, like I said, we'll just throw them out there, and maybe you guys can uh. Think about them yourselves, and definitely, if you've been listening, we'd love any feedback. So tweet at us or hit us in the DMs. And yeah, if and you got any theories, yeah, any yeah. theories we haven't mentioned that we aren't uh, haven't mentioned yet, yes, by all means, hit us. So them. we'll go through a few here. We have uh, at the very evil dude, I believe it is. Let me check on that. Yes, the very evil dude who says. Uh, Polly has psychic powers or is somehow connected to the spirit <laughs> realm. That's a very interesting hey, one. That's satanic black magic. But exactly, there you go. So <laughs> so maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about Funny. it either, but I liked it. I, I liked like, it. I like it. Um, at Mike underscore locks, we have uh, when Janice was looking for the money, Livia hid. Tony knew where it was and was uh, and had already taken it. He didn't tell Janice just so he could enjoy watching her go crazy looking for it. I like it. I personally believe Livia was lying about the money and that she was just pulling the screws. Is that what it is? Pulling the screws? Ramming something, something with the screws. Turn, turn, turn. Yeah, turning turn the screws. screws. She was pissing Livia. She was pissing Janice off. That's what she was doing. She was doing she, something yeah, with the screws. She, she, knew, she knew Janice's endgame and she wanted to uh, to drive Janice a little crazy is my opinion, but I like that. Yeah. I like that yeah. by, by Mike Locks there. Yeah. That's a... Uh... Never thought of that one. Yeah. I got another one here. Was Tracy's baby really Ralphie's, given his sexual proclivity? Yes, good one by uh, the Shams Nick. That was a good one. I've never thought about that one either. I mean, the th- we do see him having sex with Tracy, so there is that, I mean, to argue it. Right. But, yeah, given his sexual proclivity, yeah, that is a, that is a tough one. Right. So I'd say that's a good one. It's possible. It's mm-hmm. possible. But uh, I unfortunately, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, Tracy and baby didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, uh, yeah. This, uh, this w- yeah, this yeah, this one we hit one. on a little bit last week, but uh, a lot of people love talking. Yeah, about it. right. We mentioned in the animal episode that uh, the last episode rather, yeah, yeah. But uh, that uh, could the cat be Adriana? That right. uh, that from uh, Robert Signor. Oh yes, I didn't mention the last one, but yeah, I, I got about that. Champ, I got it out there for the Champ oh, Knicks. Thank you. Yes. 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 Robert and then Signorel Four, I believe that is. It said right. right the conspiracy theory that the cat is Adriana. Yeah, we were saying this before. It could be something they may be like. Um, well, I, who knows? I guess if that's if you assume the cat is Adriana, um, if you look back into a lot of the things she wore, she wore a lot of cat print, leopard print, cheetah print. Mm-hmm. One dress was like a 
friggin' whole tiger face <laughs> across the dress. Uh, so yeah, I mean, cat in uh, you know, cats and Adriana's. Yes, they go together for sure. But yeah, uh, but for sure, a great. Uh, a great theory to yeah. chew on. I myself am more in the theory that the cat was just there. Like I mentioned, the cat was just like there. Just, just the just cat's just the cat. cat. That's yeah. it. That's all there is to it. Yeah, but we were taught, yeah, that like with superstitions and stuff. Right. And Polly and... A lot of yeah, people get freaked I mean, out by cats and there's just nothing to it. Right, yeah. So, Definitely. yeah, that there's that. And he, the last one that we have for you before we put a nice little bow on this podcast episode for you from... Paul, I'm gonna take my best guess. Goliath. 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 I'm sorry. Sorry. You, yeah, yeah. Sorry if we put yeah, you. Yes, I'm sorry. But he says, uh, I don't know if it's my fave, but Tony B may have actually killed his own daughter uh, with yeah. Joey Peeps that night. They made a point of mentioning her in the episode. She looks suspiciously similar to the quote cousin Meadow and the and uh the the cousin that Meadow was talking about, right. and the lyrics "You won't recognize me now" from the song uh, "Bad and Ruin" that is playing at the end from the as faces. he shoots them both. Yes, yes from the sa- that's one of my favorite songs. And, and the they got shot in the face. Right, they got <laughs> shot in the face. Connection. So you know what? I myself am not ready to sign up for it, but I liked it. I had never heard that one before, and I liked I, it. I I uh, this yes I forgot about this one in in mentioning kelly b before um yeah no i have heard this one before but the girl her name is heather as uh joey peeps says Mm -hmm. well but i mean uh, she's i mean you know she's working uh working the nights uh you know working the street there so uh right you know could be a fake name but you never know um And given, uh, yeah, Kelly B's situation with, uh, you know, not having a father and running away, I mean, going into that type of life, uh, sure, it's possible. It's, it, you know, it's one of those theories. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, the pieces are there. And especially, you know what, you give the lyrics. Right. Personally, I think the lyrics are reflected or for Tony B, I, I think, agree. in in that song. I love the song mm-hmm. and that's a great scene. But, um, yeah, the... Uh, yeah, me the mother. You won't recognize. I mean, it's Tony B because he's turning back. He's th- this is him going back into the life and not leading the straight life. So it's like you know, bad and ruined. Literally, you know, he's uh, yep. yeah. Well, uh, on that note, yes, we I think hope this was a nice chock full of uh, yes. theory. Uh, great theories. Yes, we definitely hope that you enjoyed. We appreciate if you have been listening with us for this entire time. Yes. We will certainly be back with you for a fourth episode shortly. Oh, yeah. And uh, again, if you have any theories for us or conspiracies or anything that we didn't mention that we want to, that you want to mention, please, yes, please DM us, tweet at us, give us feedback. We'd love to hear we it. We love and Again, uh, like we said, we didn't touch on any finale stuff or three o'clock stuff or anything like that. But, uh, we definitely will. There's so many things, so many theories about if he died, who could have killed him, what could have happened, what's involved that... We think that deserves its own episode, so definitely keep an eye on that. Maybe we'll do it soon. Maybe we'll get to it a little bit later down the road. But uh, once again, we appreciate each and every one of you, and we hope that you uh, stay safe, everybody. Yes, take care, everybody. Catch you next time.